0: It's a beautiful thing to uh, be present in a community. And, and we believe, if you're a guest with us, that, that the gospel, the good news, it's not just about what we say, it's about what we do. And uh, what a cool thing to partner with Creston Harbor for 12 years. I do not know it's been that long because uh, I've only been here for six, seven, something like that. Anyway, if you have uh, more questions about some of our partnerships and the way that we serve, we're in arrival season. You'll find one of these near you. Uh, all of these places get whatever money we bring in through the arrival uh, next year, and we get to serve them in really cool ways, so uh, pay attention to that. All right, to start this morning, I want you to imagine um, that, that we're going on a bit of a road trip, that you're going on a bit of a road trip. And, and this, is not, uh, this isn't your ordinary road trip, okay? When I think of a road trip, uh, I think of our Honda Odyssey kind of packed full of stuff, and my kids screaming in the back seat. Um, that's what road trips look like for us. Maybe, maybe that's not for you if you're single, or maybe you don't have kids yet. Maybe a road trip for you, things come to mind, like where you're stopping for food, uh, what Airbnb you're going to be at, what, what cool place you're going to stay. Uh, so, so we're on this road trip, but, but this, is, um, this kind of road trip is, is going to be different than that. This is more of an ancient road trip, and a road trip that you're going to make completely on foot. And or maybe, maybe with just what you can carry on your back or potentially with what you can bring along on a, on a pack animal. And this road trip is unique because you didn't plan this road trip. In fact, you don't have anything to say about this road trip. You don't get any say at all. You don't, you don't even fully know where you're going. And you don't know how you're going to get there. You're simply along for the ride. And it's not just you. You're on this road trip with an entire nation of people. So try to, try to picture this. That, that every day you're not quite sure what the day is going to bring. Sometimes you set up camp and you stay for a day or two or longer and then all of a sudden you pack up and move and you're constantly going and stopping and, and going and stopping and the weather is not super awesome. In the, in the daytime it's, it's extremely hot And windstorms kind of come out of nowhere. It's brutal. And then in the night, you'd think it would stay warm, but it gets frigid cold at night. So this is your experience on your awesome road trip, and you're already loving it. If this scenario isn't strange enough, you set out on this road trip with little to no food for the journey. Some would call this bad planning but you've come to associate it with the faith of your people. Because somehow, every day, when you wake up and roll out of your tent and kind of wipe the goop from your eyes, there's food on the ground. And as you continue this journey, you become more and more interested in what's taking place in the center of your traveling group. Because every night, there's this massive pillar of fire that reaches into the sky... And during the day, it becomes a cloud. And, you, and it, it's fascinating because everything that you do seems to be connected to this pillar. Now, if you grew up in church, you probably know what road trip I'm taking you on this morning. It's the, it's the ancient road trip of the Israelite people through the desert into the promised land. And if you're new to the scriptures or new to the story or new to, new to church... You can find this road trip in the first 5 books of the Bible and it wasn't a short road trip it was a road trip that lasted for years years upon years upon years and there was a lot of lessons that the people of Israel learned on the road trip some lessons they didn't learn on the road trip but one lesson in particular was very clear God was their only hope There was not a moment on the journey that they were self-sufficient. There wasn't a moment on the journey that they became elite warriors that could crush anybody that stood in their way. There wasn't a moment on their journey where they stockpiled enough food and supplies to settle down. Everything that they needed for everything that they faced was available because God was present with them. God was their hope. He was the one who who rescued them from slavery. He was the one who parted the Red Sea for them. He was the one who provided food and water in the desert. He was the one who kept their clothes and their shoes from wearing out. He was the one who conquered the enemies that stood in front of them. He was the one at the center of their existence and their survival. To live with God was to experience hope. And to move away from God was to lose hope. This is the story of Israel. Today we're, we're kicking off the Advent series. And Advent is a term that simply means the arrival. And the whole focus of this season is to remember that God showed up. God with us, Emmanuel. God came for us. The God of the universe put on on skin so that he could walk with us, so that we could know him, that we could understand his heart, that we could know his way. And ultimately, he gave his life for you and I. This is the story. And on this first week of Advent, we look to the topic of hope. Hope. We're gonna look at hope, love, joy, and peace like we do every year. (laughs) But this First week is about hope. Everyone say hope. hope. Oh, good. You said it like you meant it. I was, that's good. Hope, hope has lost, um, I think it's lost a bit of weight in our world, and in our lives, uh, and in our language because it's an incredibly familiar term. Think, just think for a second. How many times you may have said hope this week? It could be for a lot of different reasons. <laughs> As we went into Thanksgiving, uh, right? We, we say hope. We, we say hope for a lot of things. I hope that the weather is nice. The weather is nice, wonderful. I, I hope that that I get a promotion at work or that things go well with my coworkers. Man, I really hope this light stays green a little bit longer. <laughs> I, I hope I hope that the dinner isn't burnt. All you that prepared Thanksgiving, you're like just holding on to hope. I hope that my kids turn out all right. I hope that Michigan beats Ohio State, which I don't know if you saw the game, but they destroyed them yesterday. Uh, Don, I don't see Don. Maybe he didn't make it to church because he's licking his wounds today. I hope... I hope that this person or that person takes office. Think about the number of things that you say, I hope, I hope this takes place. We use this term so much, but the way that we use it, it's more like wishful thinking. When we talk about hope, it's like, man, I kinda wish this would happen, because here's the thing. The weather might be garbage today. You might you might have just torched your Thanksgiving dinner. The person that you hope to be in office may not be. We use the term hope, and it's more like we're wishing that good things would happen. Maybe your kids are are having a hard time. When the scriptures talk about hope, it's not wishful thinking. Hope is much deeper than that. It's a confident assurance. an expectation of future outcomes it's weathered confidence based on the faithfulness of god the the author of hebrews he talks about hope being an anchor for the soul and this is what the israelite people were kind of learning in the desert <laughs> and i believe it's what we're kind of learning <laughs> on this side of the cross is what hope really means and where we can place our hope. The only time the people of Israel experienced hope was when God was with them because hope is experienced in the presence of God. I'm going to say this so many times today. That's the only point I have. Hope is experienced in the presence of God. Israel experienced this through their deliverance, through the supernatural provision in the desert, through the victory over their enemies. Where God was, there was hope. And if you think about the, the, the narrative of the scriptures as a whole, just, just think about it. In the, in the beginning, in the garden, God was present with them, right? Right? We talked about the tabernacle over the last number of weeks. God was present in their midst, and then it became the temple. Then God came himself in the flesh, his presence. You could touch, you could walk with him. This is what we celebrate at Christmas. And then Jesus arose, he went back to heaven, and what did he send? His spirit, his presence, came to live inside of his people. And someday, our hope is connected to what? God returning His presence, this is where our hope is connected. It's always been anchored to the presence of God, the unchanging power and faithfulness of our creator. This is where we find hope. Now, even though this is an eternal truth, don't we often look for hope in a lot of other things? and our financial security and our relationships and our in our government in fill in the blank i've i've been in some interesting conversations recently two weeks ago i was in uh, <laughs> two weeks ago i was in nashville for a leadership conference and and one of the topics they addressed was the metaverse how many people this morning have heard the term Metaverse. Okay. According to Wikipedia, <laughs> the metaverse is a hypothetical iteration of the internet as a single universal and immersive virtual world that is facilitated by the use of virtual reality and augmented reality headsets. In colloquial use, a metaverse is a network of 3D virtual worlds focused on social connection. When I first started hearing about the metaverse, I thought to myself, have we lost our minds? Are we losing it? This just seems crazy. We have a real world to live in. How about we live in that one versus create a false one? But you know what I got kind of hit by? 50 years ago, not one of us in this room thought that our worlds would be run by this little box that's in your pocket this morning. As much as we like to think that this metaverse thing is like some crazy, far fetched idea, friends, I think our kids are going to have to learn how to deal with this idea. This is, this is wild. I'm freaked out by it, to be honest. And the world has changed so much, and it keeps changing. There are, there are so many things that we can place hope in, but I would say today, technology is, like, is a strong contender. Like, we're putting a whole lot of hope in technology, I just talked about our phones, right? You've seen the commercials about your phone now being able to tell tell the paramedics that you've been in a car accident or that it kind of keeps your blood pressure and it's going to tell people if you're going to have a heart attack. Technology is going to save your life. Think about this. Are you you're well aware some of you I've I've laughed as you've gotten newer vehicles and they like drive for you. This self driving technology like this is we're going to cut down on accidents and problems because your car's going to drive for you <sighs> or how about wait 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 it gets better friends how about artificial intelligence and the fact that they're thinking that someday they're going to be able to take your consciousness and put it inside a robot so that you can live forever. You think I'm making stuff I'm not making stuff up. Here's what's funny about this. In terms of what we believe as followers of Jesus, eternity is written on our hearts. We're actually meant to live with God for all time. So people are hungry for eternity. They just don't know where hope is found. So they're putting it in technology. We're going to get there on our own terms. We're going to build this. Now, I love new technology. I don't want you to think that I'm against it. I'm a little freaked out by it. But technology is amazing. I mean, the amount of things, the advances in medical technology, like all of that. The fact that, that there's pilots in this room that can go into a virtual reality simulator and practice landing on an aircraft before they have to fly a million, millions of dollar aircraft onto an actual ship, that's cool. That's cool and helpful. But in the midst of all of these incredible advancements and all, all of this impressive technology, the world is more depressed more discouraged, more hateful and angry than it has ever been. Have you noticed that as well? When we place our hope in something like technology, we, we try to make everything more machine-like, more, more productive, more efficient. When we do that, we lose touch with what it means to be human. Human. To be created in the image of God, to be to be vulnerable, to have calling, to have purpose—those so th- things kind of get pushed aside. This is why uh, the world we live in can look at unborn children and think that they're they're not really worth much because they're not producing anything. I heard a term at this conference that I almost threw up. The term was "useless eaters." to describe those who are no longer producing as much as they're consuming. So, the, so this could be the elderly, this could be those with disabilities. What is wrong with our world? This is, not, this is messed up. But when, you, when, you, when your hope's in technology, it affects the way you think. It affects what you put your hope in. And you start making these kind of judgment calls on things, right? Right? Friends, where we place our hope is very important. It's incredibly important because what we place our hope in guides our behavior and our thinking. When God decided many years ago to address the brokenness of our world, isn't it fascinating that he didn't come down demonstrating kind of his ultimate power and prowess and knowledge, like, what's up, I'm here. Like, if you and I were to make this decision to show up, you know we would have been riding like lightning bolts down like I'm here. That's how we would have come. That is not how God showed up. He came as an infant, vulnerable. He he walked in our shoes. Hope came by God making his dwelling with us. John, uh, I love the beginning of John, chapter one. He says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we've seen his glory. Glory as of the one, as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. The the term dwelt in this passage is the idea of setting up a tent or tabernacling. And John intentionally uses this language to connect us to the Old Testament road trip that we discussed earlier. He's saying, Remember when God was present with us, when He lived amongst our people in the past? He did the same thing. He showed up, He made a tent, He lived in our midst. He made His presence known in a way that we could relate and connect because hope is experienced. In the presence of God. I told you I was going to say it a lot today. <laughs> you can have hope today. I can have hope today. Because of the arrival of Jesus. And ultimately the sending of his spirit. And ultimately his second coming. The presence of God is where our hope resides. Listen to the way Peter talks about it. First Peter. Verse 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. We have a, a, a living hope today. And here's what the, the early disciples witnessed and passed on to us they witnessed Jesus showing up in hopeless situation after hopeless situation and changing lives. They watched him do it. They witnessed firsthand the presence of God transforming lives. Those that were begging to get by, that that could barely eke by in the world they were living in because of some deformity, Restored in the presence of Jesus. Those suffering incurable diseases or oppressed by the demonic set free in the presence of Jesus. Those blind physically and spiritually given sight in the presence of Jesus. Hope is experience in the presence of God. It has always been true. Now here's how this translates to our situation today. I already mentioned it. Jesus made this promise to his disciples before he went to the cross and then he repeated the promise after he rose from the dead, which if you're gonna follow anybody, I mean, somebody that can go into a grave and get back out, I'm gonna go with that guy. He makes this promise that he's going to send His presence, his Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter one, he tells the disciples, go and wait in Jerusalem because I'm I'm gonna baptize you with my Holy Spirit. In other words, the presence of God is gonna take up residence in your life. And it happened. They're filled with God's presence in Acts chapter two. And if you've been listening at all today, where is hope experienced? In the presence of God. (laughs) So this group of people that were trying to figure out, like, what do we do now? Jesus manifested physically. He's gone. How do we live this thing out filled with the presence of God? Instantly run into the streets proclaiming the power of God and the goodness of God and the story of God. So the first disciples became carriers of hope to this world. And this has continued generation after generation after generation to those who put their hope in Jesus. You get the presence, the spirit of God comes and lives inside of you. So you are a carrier of hope. Isn't that amazing? Now, to be clear, don't pat yourself on the back too much. You're not hope. God's presence is hope inside of you but we're carriers of hope. This is why you can walk into a room like this. Maybe you're a stranger this morning, this is your first time. This is why you can walk into a room like this, sing some songs with some people, hear from the scriptures, and there's something inside that's like, I think God is working, he's talking to me, he's He's speaking to me this morning. Because where followers of Jesus gather in his name, the presence of God is there. And where the presence of God is, there is hope. We have hope. His presence is with us this morning. Amen? That's good news. Do you need hope today? Do you think our world needs hope today? Yes. Maybe you're here this morning and, and hope is the last thing on your mind. Like you've been, you've been experiencing the opposite end of, and maybe it's through a number of things you've experienced or faced this year personally or with your family or with your friends, and it's like, I'm just trying to catch a breath. Maybe maybe you can relate to putting your hope in a lot of other things, and even though you've watched those things leave you hopeless time and time and time again, you still return to them. Worship team, you guys can come. I'm going to close with, with a story. There's a, a a game that my kids love to play. Um, with me in in our living room and they call it the bear game. Uh, and here's how the bear game works. I go and lay on the floor in the living room. And they find every blanket and pillow in our house. And they come and they pile it on top of me. And then they pretend like they're going on a stroll through the woods. And they see this rock cropping. And they, and they think, oh, well, I'll sit down on this rock. And they're just waiting, right? They're waiting for the bear that's under the blankets to burst out of the blankets and tackle them. This is the game. We'll probably play it this afternoon. <laughs> so they'll just, they'll just absolutely suffocate me with blankets and pillows. And sometimes, like, as they're doing it, I tackle them. Or sometimes I'll wait and I'll be perfectly still for a really long time. But every time, I bust out of that and I embrace them. This, this, that visual, that picture came to my mind as I was thinking about this week. Because I think, I think this is what life feels like sometimes. I think life feels like you're laying on the floor in your living room, and people are just piling stuff on top of you. And it was cool with, when it was like one blanket. <laughs> totally fine. But when it's like everything in the house, you start losing your breath a little bit, it gets a little dark underneath there. It's a little bit overwhelming crushing you start to lose hope maybe it's it's through your circumstances or maybe it's through your personal failures but it just seems like the odds are stacked against you and you're doing the best you can but it feels pretty hopeless. Let me encourage you today. <laughs> what is too much for you is not too much for the Lord. What, what may be overwhelming, the, the weight of the world is no match to the power of God. <laughs> this is where our hope lies today. I I believe that even this morning as we meet together in Jesus name God's presence is with us and he's saying listen I'm like that crazy dude underneath all the blankets I can bust out of this thing at any point when I want to I'm with you actually in that this is the beauty of the gospel God entered into our world and he shucked sin and death Nothing to God. Your sin, your failure, the weight that's crushing you, nothing in comparison to the presence and power of God in your life. Anybody need some of that today? Just, God sees you. He knows your name. He created you. He loves you. Turn to Jesus today, your hope. You won't find it in anything else. You can try. But Jesus will remain faithful to extend a hand to you saying, You can trust me. You can trust me. I'm gonna ask you to be bold today. We don't do this a whole lot, but if if you're here this morning, and you're crying out for hope, you need hope today. I'm gonna to ask you to stand up because what we're gonna do is we're gonna surround you with the presence of God and we're gonna pray. Anybody else that needs hope this morning? Maybe you're facing something in your family or, or with your friends. Maybe there's a personal battle that you're in that's it's, it's, it's beyond you, it's bigger than you maybe you're looking at the condition of the world and you're just <sighs> maybe there's maybe there's sickness in your family maybe you're watching family members just wither away and you're you're feeling the crushing weight of that family will you do me a favor if there's somebody standing near you will you just get around them uh, you know don't don't kiss them or breathe in their face or anything. We'll, we'll but but we're gonna pray this morning. Jesus, there are a lot of things in this world to grab our attention. There's a lot of a lot of pain and suffering in this world, Lord. The weight, even just of our, our weekly, daily responsibilities, some some days it just feels like it's too much. Lord, this morning I pray that the courage that's represented in those that that stand up to say, "I need you, God." I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and do a work inside their hearts. Fill them up, give them wisdom for what's in front of them, give them insight that maybe they, they can't see on their own, give them a power that's beyond their own strength. Or fill this entire room with hope. Thank you that you see us in our vulnerabilities and our struggles and our weaknesses and in our pain and you show up you make yourself known thank you for for knowing the names and the stories of every person here today we turn our eyes to you Jesus fill us with hope today and lord we commit we commit to be a people who carry hope in the world who hold fast to you even when we can't see even when it is overwhelming even when we don't have answers you are our hope your presence is our only hope we hold fast to that today we pray this in your name amen amen well, the rest of you stand. Let's let's close in singing about our living hope today.